All right. And Ian Trottier for discussions of truth. And it seems that truth is simply a hard thing to come by. Doesn't it seem that way to you? It seems that way to me. Finding solid, accurate, honest truth is a task. And, uh, and again, I began doing what I do in 2016 in Miami Beach because of the misinformation being flown around like a wind in a hurricane surrounding the Zika virus and the pesticide being used called Dibrom. Nailed Dibrom Interchangeable. Trade uh, trade names for this neurotoxin, a, a neurotoxic, a pesticide that that is known to cause neurological damage, and therefore banned by the European Union. But oh, that didn't stop Rick Scott, didn't stop the CDC, and it didn't stop the mayor of Miami Dade or Miami Beach. Spraying this toxic poison over their populations. So, uh, little old me, I began to speak out. And I started the program on Winwood Radio. And uh, here I am, and here we are. And, uh, and folks, this is the most important thing that anyone can do, regardless of how you are listening to this right now, hearing my voice, what you can do, the most important thing you can do wherever you are is speak out. Speak out. Speak out against corruption. Speak out against big pharma, against big oil, against big banks. Power. Speak out against it if it is doing wrong, if there is corruption. And there's plenty of that. And like I said, it, it, it seems to be incredibly hard, doesn't it, folks? It seems to be incredibly hard to find honesty, to find truth. And therefore, the label of this program has stuck. Discussions of truth. And it's not, not a title I gave it. I didn't give this program the title, Discussion of Truth. It's not my inception. It's not my inception. I'd probably call it the uh, Seek and Destroy show or um, Drop a Bomb on Corruption show. Um, but I, 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 I've allowed the program to remain titled Discussions of Truth. Um a lot going on, and you know, I was I was just sent I was just sent a a link to an Epic Times publication that the National Guard in Massachusetts, the National Guard, has been called and deployed because there aren't enough bus drivers to take kids to school. So for some reason, the governor of Massachusetts decided that the National Guard, according to the Epoch Times, or Epoch Times, I call it the Epoch Times, 
you know, it's the kind of quasi anti-communist Chinese media outlet. They're massive. If you haven't heard of Epic Times, you should familiarize yourself with the Epic Times. They're a massive media source. And again, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't cross-checked. I haven't looked at the governor's site. I haven't called the governor of Massachusetts to see that this is accurate information. But it seems that the Massachusetts National Guard has been called out to be a substitute bus driver to get kids to school. Like 250 National Guard members are now called in Massachusetts to take children to school. <laughs> this is just mind-blowing, folks. I mean, the tyranny or, or the, the, the possibility of a tyrannical measure and step is so blatant. The misuse of power. I call that a misuse of power. These are National Guard that are trained to defend the state of Massachusetts. Now they're called to take kids to school? I mean, what's going to happen next? They're going to be called to forcibly vaccinate kids at school without parents' consent. Because this is already happening. No, not in every state. and Not in every country. But it is happening, my understanding, in parts of Canada. Isn't it happening in California? I mean, I've got to cross-reference my stuff. I've got a 9 to 5, so I can't keep up with this stuff all the time. But I know that it is happening. I believe it's happening in California. Let's hope Larry Elder can take uh, Gavin Newsom out of the seat. And it's not necessarily Gavin Newsom himself that needs to be removed. Okay, It's the strings above Gavin Newsom that need to be frayed. Just like the strings above Joe Biden that need to be frayed. I mean, hey, Joe. You know, you're, you're not allowed to take, uh, or you're being told when you can and can't take questions from the media? I mean, that's happened a few times where he's alluded to that, that it's out of his power. Out of his power. Hey, hey, man, hey, just sign off an executive order. <laughs> right? Because he knows how to do those. Well, I mean, hey, it's not that Trump didn't. Not that Obama didn't. It's not that that that, that is not in itself a complete and total misuse of power. The executive order has become one of the most tyrannical power outlets for any one individual politician in the United States. And that's still the whole problem. Yeah, but the problem is that the, the other branches are either weak and or infiltrated themselves. I'll call it infiltrated. The United States is infiltrated by a foreign enemy. Make no mistake about it. Okay, and, 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 and a lot of people will say, oh, it's the, Chi the Chinese have infiltrated. It's not the Chinese. In my view, the Chinese are subjugated to the same system the United States government is subjugated to, and that is a hidden private financial institution called the Central Bank. 1945 was the Chinese, a result of World War II. This has been a methodical economic takeover of the entire planet. Who, folks, who, who, what organization, what institution, institution would have the what would have the uh, uh, would have the ability to do that type of thing? Hmm. Well, look at who is typically neutral in the in the past two hundred years. Who has been neutral? One hundred fifty. Who has been neutral in wars? The Swiss, Switzerland. Yes. Well, why 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 is it? How did Switzerland come to be? How did that country come into? being 
Who controls the banks in Switzerland? No, that's the old cliche phrase, isn't it? All roads lead to Rome. So how much of you take the white pope, you take the black pope, and you take the gray pope? Those, the, 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 tri, the trilateral, oh my gosh. So right now we're getting, going down all these different things. The trilateral commission. Is that the real trilateral commission? Because the trilateral commission developed by David Rockefeller is, is, isn't in itself one institution or another based in New York, isn't it? And they're subservient to the Rothschild, just like, these, just like the Council on Foreign Relations. Well, who controls the media in the United States? Well, the Council on Foreign Relations. Why not, why not look at the Council on the CFR? Why not look at the CFR? The Council on Foreign Relations. Today, we're bringing in two amazing guests. Now, I have to warn you. I have to warn you. I have to tell you right off the bat. that The Wi-Fi has been shoddy where I'm at, and it is, it is not something reliable. Not something I'm relying on. So, um, you know, the, the bandwidth uh, is, 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 is not very good. So what I may have to do, if you are listening to this live, I'm, I apologize, but what I may have to do with my two guests that are lined up, I may simply have to run them to a phone call. Okay, and if I have to do that, and that is to save you from listening to the interviews and the discussions going in and out. That makes sense. The bandwidth is shoddy. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to run live here. Well, I am running live, but uh, I'm going to run uh, video with the two guests via Skype and see where we go with that. Uh, but again, if that doesn't succeed, I'm going to simply, and especially with the second guest, I'll simply, uh, I'll simply run to um, to a uh, to 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 a uh, to an audio format only. And that's because the, 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 the Wi-Fi has been shoddy, to give that uh, definition again. Um, so, joining us first is uh, a woman now that has joined the program, I believe, three times. This would be this would be Ilana's third third time joining the show. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, David Serrata is another researcher that, that, that I've reached out to recently. He'll be rejoining the program. Um, because, because, folks, you have to take it to the next level. You just simply do. Okay, you have to take it to the next level. You have to start thinking about um, the bigger picture. Okay, what does that mean? What what is the what is what does the bigger picture mean? Well, the bigger picture means what? A de- why? Okay, why is it that we look up in the sky and now we see these uh, these chemtrails? Well, what the heck are these things? Well, that's why our, that's why I'm bringing on the second guest, or the first guest, rather. That's why I'm bringing Alana Freeland back on the program, because she is so in tune with what's happening to our skies. So now you're, you're bringing in, okay, why is it that, why is it that a computer engineer, a computer scientist, uh, Bill Gates, wants everybody on the planet vaccinated? What, what does he care? Yeah, what does he care? He, he, well, he cares about his money. That's what he cares about. And he cares about dominating you. And he cares about computers. So how does that equate? How does that how does that equate to how does a vaccine equate to um, how does a vaccine? We're going to bring on Alana right now. But how does a vaccine? And, and and the other thing is this: I may have to just simply do audio with Alana because because I don't know that the video the video hasn't. She may not be able to hear me. So, but 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 Alana, this is how this is how this is all going to happen. This is how this is going to uh, take place. Uh, this is not. This is not somebody I'm waiting. I, I've got somebody calling him right now. I do not want. 
I do not want this person. We're not going to be speaking to this person today. Um, okay, Alana Freeland is the first guest. The second guest is Joe Kent. Right, he's a political. I think he's a former Navy SEAL, some some type of a special force. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't done the background on, but he'll be the, the second guest of the show. Uh, and let's bring on Alana right now because I know she's standing by. Alana Freeland, ladies and gentlemen, Alana Freeland. Alana Freeland, and you can you can find her website at. Uh... And Alana, hello. How are you? Great. Uh, turn your video on. Okay. Good. Uh, do you see me? Yes. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. It's nice to see you. I don't think this is the third time that you've joined the discussions of truth, right? Yeah. And and we haven't done a video call yet, but so far it is successful. Uh, sometimes the video doesn't work on my end, um, so I'm glad it is successful. Let's get. Uh, we are live on uh, my sites right now, but let's get a video going here. Uh, so we'll record this video. Um, let's see. Where, where, where did I get the? Uh, where is this record button for the for Skype here? Uh, audio. Uh, let's see here. Like to the left. Do you have yours to the left in the bottom? To the oh, there it is. Yes, good, very good. Um, let's see that this. Let's see that this works. I think we're good. Alana, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. You've been busy, 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 busy with your uh, with with the, the installment of your Deep State series. Uh, tell uh, tell listeners a little bit more about what you've been working on. Well, for two and a half years, I can't believe it's that long. I've been researching and writing the third geoengineering book in my trilogy series and the first one was in 2014 oh you just disappeared can you hear me i can hear you yes let me okay there we go yes i hear you all right you good yeah so uh the 2014 book was chemtrails harp and the full spectrum dominance of planet earth where i was learning exactly how it was set up to control the ionosphere. That was the number one name of the game in that book. And then that gave birth to a whole other bunch of questions about how this was going to, how this was going to be used. All this sudden ionized atmospheric energy for wireless operations. I knew the military was extremely excited about this and so then I began the second book and that came out in 2018 and that's under an ionized sky from chemtrails to space fence lockdown then that in turn because of the biologicals in what was coming down and the nanotechnology that was coming down and we were breathing it I already knew that it's in our bodies it's not being passed out through our uh, urine and feces. It's here. And the nanobots is a nano-sized robot. A nano is one billionth of a meter. You can't see them. Neither can you see the wireless technology. You can't see the 5G millimeter waves. You can't see the 6G uh, terahertz waves. So um, everything's invisible. And yet... We're going, we are paying the price and have been for two decades. They keep trying to, they were trying to tell us that geoengineering 
had, was something that they might have to do, but they weren't sure, when really the truth was that it had been going on for over two decades by the time I came out with the second book. So this book has a long title, but you will know what it's about. It's called uh, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetics, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. And this is the book in which I connect the fact that the epigenetic transformation of the environment into a weapon, not just, not just a, an electromagnetic weapon, but a chemical weapon, a biological weapon, a biowarfare weapon, connects to what we have just gone through for a year and a half. And now, unfortunately, some people are buying into it for the wrong reason. And uh, I wanted to clarify so that you have the big picture of how this is being done and how it's been planned for, well, I, I would say 100 years. Everybody has their own guesstimate. I go back to the League of Nations when it failed under uh, President Wilson and the elites, the global elites determination to then have the UN, United Nations. And that, that instrument uh, kind of got a flaky beginning and has been pretty flaky along and we've, we've been aware of its, its uh, globalist uh, objectives and very cautious of it, despite the fact that it's in New York City. And, uh, and now we have a huge move, which is exactly, began exactly 19 years after 9-11, uh, when we began to feel the, it coming down on us in the name of terrorism. So, I, in this book, uh, which is now, I finished writing it, I finished editing it, it's been proofread, it's with the formatter, and, you know, I left Feral House, the publisher of the first two books, did a great job on it, I have to say, uh, but I have gone on my own now, so I am publishing this book, so that I can make a little bit more money per book, and I can control the translation rights, uh, etc. So um, I'm very excited about this. I can't believe it was two and a half years, but you realize one and a half of those years was me glued to my computer, listening to all the fantastic doctors and PhDs and researchers coming forward against the mainstream media. Of course, I don't own a television, never have, never will. And neither do I own a cell phone, neither, never have, never will. So, you know, glued to my computer, finding out what the truth is, and writing it in the context of a very large picture of the environment and how this has been purposely done, all the way from pollution to today. It's all purposely done for the sake of taking the human being and changing the human being from human 1.0 into human 2.0, leaving nature behind and um, becoming a silicon-controlled slave class, which I am absolutely opposed to.
Okay, sorry, I've got I've got somebody ringing in here. Just <laughs> delete that. And I like Alana. I like how you said the silicon slave class because that's exactly what this is. And 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 you are one of the very uh, uh, intense. And I've had a lot of great researchers on the show, but what you're doing really takes it to the next level whereas you're what you're talking about here it really gives your research gives a very broad and bigger picture let me let me insert this question i like how you went back to the un and the league of nations and you're saying 100 years and certainly from a banking standpoint we can see where in the united states so many of our rights were just immediately began to be attacked with that Federal Reserve Bank, which is a private bank and controls the CFR, which counts on foreign relations, which is controlling our media. You're talking about these, uh, not to skip around too much, and I'll come back, but you're talking about the MDs and these very well-educated JDs that are speaking out and censored. I just had somebody ask me about Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who's a former guest on the program, and she's been censored by Instagram and Twitter and other social media, I'm assuming, but certainly those two social media outlets. So let's get into this question, Alana, before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you've, what you've researched. And, and I thank you for coming on to the show about six months ago. Alana, where is this coming from? Um, and I think a, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, wait a second, where's the technology in itself coming from? I mean, is it just, is the technology is the technology coming from a human, uh, a, 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 a human, human standpoint, or is this coming from something outside? Um, which is a very difficult question to ask. Meaning extraterrestrial, which I don't go into um, because some of these things are hard to explain and difficult to explain. But where is the technology advancement coming from in your in your research and your uh, from what you've seen, Alana? Well, it, it it's this geoengineering um, secret space program. Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz is the one who gave me that term several years ago. Uh, she's an investment analyst, and she's she's just terrific on that because she can follow she can follow the money, and you know the money that she followed was the twenty one trillion dollars missing. Nobody knew where it was from the American budget. So she she did some math and she did some studies. And at that time, she uh, wrote a great uh, book review of my second book. And she came up with, yes, it's the secret space program. And what she and uh, others call the breakaway civilization. And what that means is, imagine the globalists were you know, all the way back to the League of Nations failure. They are very wealthy. They have a lot of power. Uh, they move things through their dynastic families and carefully chosen uh, minions who serve them for uh, very large rewards. And those who are not simply controlled by rewards can be threatened and blackmailed by pedophile pictures, uh, drugs, whatever. And so, you know, these people have carefully, carefully controlled their power in the West. I'll just speak of the West because I know that best. 
Uh, and now uh, they have come back around with a tremendous technology gained through a very low-key space program, very different from the one President Kennedy had in mind. In fact, I would go so far as to say that once they got him out of the way, then they could do the space program they wanted to, which was very bold, very uh, against all the treaties that we had signed regarding war in space. And from that space program, they realized that they had to control the Earth. They had to have what I called the first book, Full Spectrum Dominance. And the I always quote Kardashev. I'm going to grab it here. Okay. Kardashev was a... Uh, an astrophysicist uh, in uh, Russia, and he came up with a three-part control uh, uh, schedule, you might call it, that any civilization aspiring to control over the solar system and eventually the galaxy, believe it or not, and gee whiz, let's just throw in the universe too. Uh, the three are the full-spectrum dominance over one's planet, control over one star, which would be our sun and its systems, and control over the galaxy and its systems. So believe it or not, I mean, it's just hard for us mere mortals on the ground who don't own all this fancy equipment and don't have lots of money in Deutsche Bank and other places to imagine that you could actually have plans, not just dreams, but plans for controlling the planet and the solar system and the sun. So uh, that's kind of where we are. They're working on all three. And in the first hundred pages of this latest book, uh, I lay out how they're doing that. I want people to know that I'm not just uh, going on a, a fishing expedition into a lot of bizarre ideas. <laughs> and for so, people, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Alana. Well, just that Kardashev's uh, uh, format, we see the full spectrum dominance if we choose to look. Now, that is a doctrine of the military. I didn't work, make that term up. And and it looks to me like, gee whiz, I think uh, I think that's pretty much almost done. And uh, in in an electromagnetic way, in a chemical way, and in a nanotechnology way, the only thing they needed to do was to not just plug us into the Internet of Things and the smart grid, but to actually plug our genetics in to a new type of human being. And that, in my opinion, is what this gene therapy called a vaccine, inappropriately called a uh, a vaccination, is really about. And uh, and that's uh, that's unfortunate because a lot of people have been swept up in the fear uh, of a virus and the, uh, the, the completely incorrect idea of how disease really works, which has been carefully uh, culled and uh, propagandized by the medical industry run in in America by the American Medical Association, Big Pharma uh, internationally. And uh, they have convinced everyone 
that germs, bacteria, and virus cause disease, which is not at all true. Now, I studied Chinese medicine for six years when I was in my 20s. I thought I was going to be one of those kinds of doctors. And then my life took a, a, a pretty big left turn. And so uh, I still use it, absolutely. And so I have no medical record from the uh, back to when I'm 13. I'm 74 now. I follow a regime which keeps me very healthy, no joint aches, no, no nothing that they say happens when you get old. That's all baloney. And we have a medical industry that is completely rogue and uh, completely out of control. And so that's another thing I try to do in the book is to guide people back to what their health can be and that you can't possibly do the kind of concentration, mental thinking, uh, and activism that you would like to for your country, for your family, for your grandchildren, if you don't have your health. If you're constantly running off to doctors and you're, uh, you're buying into the program of sickness is good, and we will just take care of those symptoms, and then we'll give you a whole host of other symptoms. That fears in order to get this out. Yeah, a manual, a handbook, I don't know. Um, write a bunch of notes, you know, argue with me, bring something better than I brought. Uh, we need to really take self-responsibility now because being human is not necessarily about having two arms, two legs, and a head. It could be that we're already looking at people who are no longer human. Yeah, and I like how you said that. There is actually a, 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 a right off the coast of Florida and the Bahamas, there is a clone, human cloning uh, factory. Um, and, of course, we know there's doubles, and how much of these doubles are actually human, human, human <laughs> uh, beings how does I want you to answer the vaccine question, Alana? Um, I want you to go into that for for listeners so that they understand what what this what this quasi it's not a vaccine. We know that by definition, it's not a vaccine. It's an it's an injection. Uh, it's an inoculation. But uh, go in before you do that. I want you to I want you to bring in the silicone. Uh, how does silicone? Silicone, of course, is a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a form of retaining memory, right? It's similar to the, the human brain retains a memory. How does silicone uh, e equate into all of this? And then I want you to answer that vaccine question, if you would, Alana. Right, and during the vaccine question, they completely stopped my screen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll pre I'll pretend like I know what your question was because I think I do. All right. So when I use the word silicon, it's because people are familiar with it and they know it has to do with computers. Uh, the truth is that, and I'm sure you've read about this, that they're now uh, going to be using DNA as computers. So uh, not only can they uh, gain a function, very important term, we all need to learn what it means, that basically means to weaponize something that is quite benign, like virus, bacteria, uh, uh, germs, as so-called, all of these things are, are simply nanoparticles in the body of waste that is collecting in the immune system everything pulls together, let's get rid of this, guys, get this out of the cell, this is no good, 
And uh, instead, the people who are now injecting millions are uh, are putting together, have put together a genetic change of the body, and uh, they it also has in it, in my opinion, not uh, variants that are sort of spawning on their own. That's nonsense. But they have uh, they have a variety of experimental forms that are coming in with the mRNA vaccines uh, that will then go dormant, uh, other than uh, getting the antibodies going and getting those uh, spike proteins produced, uh, which then take over everywhere in the body. Uh, unbelievable! I can't even look at pictures of it. Uh, and that instead of that, uh, we could be having, instead of our immune system assaulted and bypassed, we could be utilizing our immune system by keeping our bodies healthy. Uh, and um, and that's, that's uh, super, super important because this is not a vaccine. It is not even behaving like the vaccine of yesteryear, but they're using the term because people are familiar with it and not too many people have died from vaccines in the past, or at least people don't know they have. And, uh, and so they're using the wrong term to get into the body some diseases that can then be whistled up, triggered by 5G, 6G systems once they flip that switch. And when we saw those scenes in Wuhan, those staged scenes, that was what we were looking at was when they flipped the 5G, 6G switches and we saw these people flattening to the earth, going down. Um, the, the idea that, uh, why would they have wanted us to see that? I mean, that, that would be the first thing a lot of people would say if, if it, uh, because they had the cameras there, it went all over the world. It was scary beyond belief to see that, much like the Twin Towers when they were brought down, they played that over and over and over. John Kennedy's assassination in good CIA uh, style, they played that one on the TVs over and over and over. Okay, so they wanted us to see what happened in Wuhan. And in a way, those cytokine storms that they gave us a picture of, when suddenly your blood is coagulating and you're, you're, you're basically going to be flatlining and going down, uh, that was all to indicate that, to, to give us an idea of what was coming, I feel. Because the Satanist, the Satanic way of looking at life, and I have to bring this in, even though most people just ha, 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 that's about Halloween. No, no, it's about a lot more than that. I am a big, um, I'm a big uh, fan of looking at the dark side so that it doesn't eat you. And so for years, I've, uh, I've studied how these Satanists work, and we're seeing them in full-blown technicolor now, out and about with this whole uh, pandemic that we've been undergoing for a year and a half. I, I'm able to see them better than I've ever been able to see them. And one of the tenets of the dark side, the occult dark side, 
is that you tell the victim, you give the victim the picture of what you're going to do to them so that then that can quicken the fear in those who are fearful. Those who are knowledgeable of how occultism works have also been given a bit of a leg up so that they can start paying attention to a whole new way of presentation that's coming right after this. And, uh, and that's how I see that Wuhan scene. So I start the book out with, with Wuhan. But what we saw in New York, Northern Italy, uh, etc., those were all different. And we have to realize that this is experimental. A lot of batches have been made, a lot of batches, each, each geo, geomagnetic area, in my opinion, will receive a different batch so that they can follow uh, what is going on. Most recently, we saw that we were told about uh, some very important things that are in the vaccine that make us magnetic. Yeah. So the graphene oxide is exceedingly important, as is the hydrogel that it sits in. The hydrogel holds it, it's sort of like a glue, it's like a, like a matrix, and the graphene oxide slides into the body through the needle and then begins to replicate. And um, it is highly conductive, it's, it's considered extraordinarily magical in certain ways. And so when people are seeing how by coming into a room that various Bluetooth uh, technologies are suddenly flipping on and giving certain numbers on their on their monitors. Yes, this is this is why the the graphene oxide has multiple purposes in the va in the so-called vaccine, and uh, and one of them certainly is targeting uh, uh, tracking and um, and conductivity because the slaves of of the transhumanist way of looking at slavery will be completely controlled remotely and uh, can be reprogrammed remotely as well. And all of this will happen without them even knowing it's going on, other than that they're going to have a variety of illnesses. And this is the sad part. The illnesses uh, will go all the way from symptoms to uh, absolute shutdown of the immune system. And the immune system to me is almost, is literally the holy of holies mm. in the body. And the body is a holy of holy for the living human spirit. And so for me, I'm a student of Rudolf Steiner for many years. It was a few doctors at the beginning, Tom Cowan and Dietrich Klinghart, both doctors, who immediately quoted Rudolf Steiner 100 years ago saying that one day there would come a vaccine that if you took it, you would no longer think of spiritual things. And I'm afraid this one, this might be it. I don't know. I haven't talked to that many people on, on that level uh, at this point. But uh, I certainly hope not because human beings are not slabs of meat. They are not, as the CIA calls us, wetware, as in software, hardware, and wetware. Uh, human beings, even if their DNA is antenna-like and their cells are very uh, prone to acting like small computers, 
despite that, the human being is an extraordinary being involved in divine evolution for many millions of years. And I do not want that to end. And I do not want a, an elite class uh, running humans like slaves, like we've seen in some of the old sci-fi movies. Uh, uh, and that's why I work so hard. You mentioned Catherine Austin Fitz, and for listeners that are not, or viewers are not familiar with who that is, she has a degree from Wharton, University of Pennsylvania. She's a former economic advisor, I believe, for for Reagan. Um, and 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 no, Alana, W. Bush was it Bush? Yeah. Um, and 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 Catherine is about last the last April. Uh, I guess it's been what, or two years ago. I, I'm not sure when this. I'm getting uh, confused as to when, the timeline of when this uh, virus broke out. Uh, and you you know that the work I do is based off of the Zika virus of Miami Beach. That's why I started doing this program. Um, and 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 it was uh, Catherine Austin Fitz that really kind of uh, uh, broke down what you're just talking about, the programming aspect, the economic programming aspect. Uh, so very wise. Nice to know that you're working with her. Are you familiar with uh, the work of Patrick Wood, by chance? Yes, he was at the conference that I, too, spoke at in Tucson, Arizona this past summer. It was uh, good to meet him. I, yes, he was there. So we if we if we pull back and and, and I, I i i suggest listeners do this uh, and 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 that'll give them an idea of uh of of the air that we're breathing and the the technology that exists these kind of nanoparticles that can break can can uh, enter the lungs uh, enter the bloodstream system and, and break the blood brain barrier uh, simply uh searching in a public search engine qualcomm uh darpa and mit shows a 2016 study, um, yeah, this is almost, this is five years old now, of that type of technology uh, being produced. What's the difference between these inoculations and what's happening in our ionosphere? Um, what are the two different, what's the main difference for listeners to understand? Well, the ionosphere is, uh, as the U.S. Air Force has admitted back in 2013 at a uh, uh, before the Alaskan Congress regarding how they pa seem to pass over HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, pass it over to the uh, University of Alaska at Fairbanks. Uh, that was yes, that was true. It was shut down, but it was recalibrated and is very much still with us because it is a, a highly uh, extraordinary weapon system straight out of Tesla. So uh, when, uh, when they uh, did that with HARP, um, the Air Force admitted, yes, we had great success with all our experiments with HARP. We're going we're gonna to mothball it now, maybe take it apart and, and shelve it. Uh, but uh, now we absolutely control the ionosphere. They were very clear in front of the Congress. Yes, that's what they have done. So, so they are able to use the ionospheric heaters. HARP was not the only one. It was just the most powerful. Uh, there are many now that are mobile, smaller, and um, and they are uh, fully functional and can be used as weapon systems regarding the weather. They can uh, they can create um, 
they're they're involved in low and high pressure areas. They're involved in the formation of storms, of uh, of not just earthquakes with the, the tomography, but they are uh, they are just extraordinary with the weather. But they are also able to uh, target through something called interferometry um, whole areas, whole regions of countries, neighborhoods. Individuals. Uh, I mean, you know, the ionospheric heater is uh, is just an extraordinary capability. Uh, but the atmosphere, so we control the atmosphere. Problem is, they still need a lot of particulate matter in the atmosphere. You can't send waves like from uh, like millimeter waves or terahertz waves or whatever through a vacuum. You got to have matter there. You've got to have some stuff. And that's what uh, the trails that are still going on are all about. Uh, they therefore, because they're necessary, early on they decided to use them as an experimental theater themselves and see what happens. So at first it was, as you know, from the early days of people following geoengineering like me, it was barium, strontium, aluminum, uh, chromium, we were finding all this in rainwater, we were collecting precipitates, uh, and, uh, and and then they were adding biologicals because, you know, some places, like up here in Washington State where I live, a small town was just pelted with uh, erythrocytes with red blood cells and uh, glommy looking gooey stuff. Uh, so a lot of things are coming down on us that we are breathing that, uh, as you said, eventually end up going past the blood-brain barrier into the brain. All of this is not just simply, oh, pollution, they're not, you know, they're after profits. No, no. This is very much as if the Earth were a big beaker in a lab. And many, many, many things are being tried with chemicals and uh, with uh, nanotechnology and electromagnetism. I mean, they've got it all. And, and that's what's going on right now, and that's why they've been able to push for the human 2.0. They finally have the technology. They just need to get it into us, and they needed first to prepare the environment to bring us into it so that the environment would be their weapon as well, and we would be plugged into that environment, and they could... They could manipulate the environment. That's what epigenetics means. And then uh, they can um, use our DNA as antennas for even more wireless operations that, are, that have to do with us. They can store data in DNA. To them, we are simply energy units. That's why they don't care about us except as energy units. And we need to get that through our head. This is not the days of the king who loves his people. Hmm. This is artificial intelligence and, uh, and a lot of um, movers and shakers at the top who have very big plans that don't include uh, a, a warm, compassionate, um, creative human being, unless it's in their own family, of course. Um, this is this is great, and I want you to talk about the projected. Many well-credentialed MDs are talking about uh, their fears based off of their research and science that they know 
to see a forthcoming mass die-off. This is what people like Dr. Brian Artis in Texas is projecting. Uh, but before before you talk about that, Ilana, if you would, um, I want to mention this. You met with John F. Kennedy uh, as a young scholar, uh, as a high school student, I think it was. Uh, you can correct me. Um, what did and, – and by the way, Ilana – um, you know, you and I have been speaking off and on now for it's probably been three years, um, you know, about once a year uh, you joined the program, something like that, two and a half years. I recently met uh, someone who was actually as a 13, 12 or 13 year old was in Dealey Plaza the day the president lost his life. She basically saw the act happen as a very young woman, this is somebody that I befriended, um, uh, and and I want listeners to understand that you yourself uh, have a nice story about. Uh, I believe the the, the president uh, gave some had some nice things to say about you. Will you speak about that very briefly, and then also talk about what you think he knew was going on if it piggybacks off of uh, what Eisenhower was talking about the military industrial complex, and then get into um, anything you may know for listeners to understand about a possible mass uh, mass die off coming. Thanks for asking. I mean, I I am so thrilled that I was able to in a way, brush shoulders with probably the last real president we had before before Mr. Trump. And, you know, I consider Mr. Trump to have been a, a wild card from the deck that suddenly appeared out of nowhere. And, uh, and certainly his friendship with John F. Kennedy Jr. was very real and very close, which is quite interesting to me. Plus, President Trump's uncle uh, was John Trump, who was a physicist. And he was the man who actually controlled all of Tesla's things when the FBI killed Tesla. All right, so that's, that's another political story, but has to do with the science of our day. Uh, for me, at 16, I was elected to girls state where it's a mock state government for girls that civic leaders, high school teachers, whoever uh, thinks uh, a couple of girls per year might uh, profit from for their future. So I was sent to girls state. At girls state, I became the campaign manager for my party and we won by a landslide. And so I was a hero. And I was elected to go to Girls Nation in Washington, D.C. So um, in Washington, D.C., uh, that was in 1963, John Kennedy was president, Lyndon Baines Johnson was vice president, etc. I was elected there to be the librarian of Congress, which I thought was you know, as an adult, I thought, wow, that was so appropriate because I am just a knowledge freak. <laughs> I am a historian by by training, and uh, and I love I love research. I love it. I love learning things. So anyway, when we got to almost the last day there, we had uh, a tea with President Kennedy in the Rose Garden. Now Bill Clinton was there too because I heard him refer to it several times that he had been in the Rose Garden with Kennedy and that he had been at Boys Nation 
1963. So he was there, and they were taking lots of photo ops of him. He was already being groomed for uh, for the presidency. I see. I saw it in retrospect, but I didn't know him, and I don't know him to this day. So, all right. So uh, we're in the Rose Garden, and he's speaking. Jacqueline Kennedy is not there because she's giving birth to Patrick, who, if you remember, did not live. Uh, so uh, President Kennedy was probably concerned, uh, but very gracious host. And at one point, I was on the edge of the group, and we were all listening to him, or we had finished. And, and he, he spoke up, and he said that this young lady here reminds me of my wife. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, and at that time, I looked a lot like Jackie Kennedy uh, because of the dark hair and uh, and square jaw and things, but um, it was uh, I was then brought to uh, by his side, and then a, a few photo ops were taken that went back to my home state. Uh, I was you know had my five minutes of fame there, and then um, when I got back to my state, I was asked by the civic groups that had paid for my trip to come and and speak about my my time with Kennedy. So I did that. And then, unfortunately, three months later, he was shot down in Dallas, and I was invited back to speak again. And this time, there were it was a matter of speaking to rooms full of sobbing Americans. It's hard to imagine that we were so I get I get choked up because it was we were so naive then. We were so innocent. We were so just had no idea of what he was facing with Alan Dulles, who had brought all the paperclip Nazis into America and scrubbed their records and given them carte blanche at all our bases, all of our universities, our hospitals. I mean, you know, the Dulles brothers, I have no love for. So um, he, he, was, uh, he, he was going to be killed in three months, and, uh, and it was really quite a wonderful opportunity because I came awake. I came awake politically through that. I had been absolutely asleep. And then, of course, I'm a 60s person. I joined the 60s when Martin Luther King was killed. We went through so much. Um, and when Bobby Kennedy, etc. You see, you see how it was for my, my coming of age. So it's no wonder that I'm still going, is it? I mean, it's <laughs> not miraculous at all. All right, let me speak to, uh, to the, the diseases that are to be loosed. Yes, uh, it is true. They, I'm sure it was their intention to, yes, run experiments, but to, uh, to piggyback, because they've been piggybacking infants' uh, vaccines with all manner of things, uh, including uh, to develop autism in children, because think about it, autistic children will be much easier to control by AI systems. So how brutal and how heartless are these people? I don't even know if they're human anymore. I really don't. I don't know if they're all run by AI programs. These, uh, these leaders, these globalists, I, I really, I, I can only imagine that. But I know one thing, we're already in the cyborg era. It is not a future tense thing. We're already in it. And there are people, you will be meeting people, I am certain of it, who, uh, who probably will not be alive long, 
if there are the uh, the intention is for their batch to be activated, as I told you, they they've, they've uh, spread these out through the world in batches, um, uh, and uh, and you will be meeting people who are not fully human anymore. You really need to look at what being human is. It's not a uh, not just a biological thing. There is much more to being human because these are the temples of the living spirit. We are the spirit. They want, they want to be as gods on the earth. They want to run everything here. This is their planet, etc. So I am here to resist, and this is my watch. I've said it many times, and, you know, I invite everybody to join me because <laughs> this is all hands on deck. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is really uh, stepped up a lot. Big time. I, I didn't see this happening from the uh, epidemic I experienced in Miami Beach to four years later or three and a half years later, a pandemic, a global effort. Uh, these folks are they're they're playing, uh, you know, the big leagues now. They mean business and things are stepping up uh, to the plate. Their big hitters are stepping up to the plate. Uh to use that analogy, I've got to wind down here, Alana. As we wind down, I want you to tell listeners where they can purchase your your book. Uh, but but before you answer that question, before you talk about where they can uh, find your book, I want you uh, to please talk about being the resistance. You've you've spoken a, a little bit about it as far as saying your your health and your immune system. Um, and your spiritual health as well, not just the physical health. But but as listeners resonate, as these as these words resonate with listeners, and and it really starts to compute. Uh, no pun intended there. Um, how how do people how do they resist along with you, uh, Alana? Yes, thank you for for making me clarify. In the last chapter of the book, the conclusion, it's called "Remaining Human." And when I sat down to write that chapter, I really thought I could write a book on that that very subject, of course, because I, I know a lot. I've studied many, many things uh, in depth. Um, but I came up with three ideas. And the first one that I concentrated on was to to obliterate that idea that we are just human. We are we are frail we are egotistical we are we are undeveloped even as adults etc uh the idea that the earth would be better without us first of all for the earth and we are like this there is no no possibility that the earth will live without us and we will live without the earth this is how it is this is rudolf steiner well he says a lot about this all right, so I try to show how extraordinary we are. Our brain, our uh, just the, the way our cells work, uh, the fact that when we think, we think we take thinking for granted. But what is thinking? It it's actually taking place completely immaterially. A thought is not material. Our thoughts are taking place in another quantum dimension as we're thinking. Uh, we are we are a very magnificent species that Rudolf Steiner actually said 
is the we are the religion of the gods was the way he put it in other words we are a free will creature we are attempting to live by our free will it's very hard we're tempted by this we're tempted by that we have weaknesses we inherit things from our families we inherit things from our our races our nationalities our whatever it's very difficult to be a true human being if I were to say has there been a true human being walking the earth I would have to say that Jesus Christ was certainly one and I would have to say that some others have been extraordinary in my life I mean when I think of Mozart's music do you know do you know what that has given millions of people so don't tell me that a human being is not worth much mm -hmm. and is worth just computerizing them so I try to do that to show you extraordinary species then I go into diet and very mundane stuff like sleeping on a bed without metal in it so that you're not picking up the frequencies that are going through your your home and you're not being used as an antenna by your neighbor so there are things we need to know about these invisible technologies now the nanotech that's one that I'm very interested in can my consciousness overcome the swarm consciousness of the quantum dimension nanotechnology because it is right at the threshold of the quantum worlds it is not what you think it is not just a machine it it has some dimension of consciousness in it like an AI computer like a like a, like a, there were they're now inventing inorganic uh, life forms inorganic life forms say that again so um, we're living on a, a we have the magnificent opportunity to live on this threshold of change where everything can go bad but if it's if we stand for our humanity uh, it won't it absolutely won't so that's what I'm inviting people to love it love it very well said beautifully said and a wonderful picture you've painted there um, and and I concur there are some very wonderful human beings uh, and uh, the human human being has the ability to be extraordinary Alana uh, as we wind down uh, as, I, as I've got to make 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 way for uh, make room for the next guest as we wind down uh, uh, Alana Freeland dot com uh, E-L-A-N-A -A, uh, Alana Freeland has joined us today discuss the truth where can uh, listeners where can viewers and listeners find your material where can they buy uh, your your latest installment about uh, the Sub Rosa America deep state Oh, Sub Rosa America, yes. Well, that is straight from the John Kennedy uh, experience. Um, yes, John, the uh, Sub Rosa series he's, he, he's talking about is a fictional approach to America's history since John Kennedy's assassination. And it is about some 60s kids who uh, take the, um, the mother road, Route 66, across the southwest, uh, on their way to Dallas to see where John Kennedy was shot down like a dog in Dallas, and um, uh, they're they're in, it's an extraordinary series uh, encompassing 1,300 pages and four books. 
you can get that on Amazon because I self-published that because I just never knew quite when it was done. And now I know it's absolutely done, has been for several years. And, uh, and then for this new book, Geoengineered Transhumanism, I'm recommending that people go to the Rudolf Steiner bookstore in Seattle, not to go there on a plane, but to, just on the Internet, and, uh, and pre-order this book. I, and so far, I think there are over 100 people who've pre-ordered, and um, everybody's waiting with bated breath, as am I, uh, because my formatter is, is you know, running into a little bit of a problem and uh, solving things as he goes, and, and I'm, you know, it should be out by the end of the month. Fantastic. Okay, so I was I was slightly confused. Geoengineered transhumanism. When you had joined me uh, about six months ago, you were still working on that book, and now it's 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 ready for print. So uh, clarification yes. on that. Wonderful news, Alana. Yes. Um, some some final words for listeners uh, before we go. I uh, I feel. That this, I feel so fortunate to be alive now because um, I remember in the 60s people were saying, wow, the establishment's going to come down and we need to start saving lentils and brown rice in the basement and, and water. And, and I would say to them, it's not going to happen that fast. It's got to go through more paces. And uh, and I can't believe that I was able to stay alive long enough to be able to fight this this tremendous war that's going on right now, a spiritual war for the future of humanity. Uh, that's what it is, uh, completely. And it's biological, and it's geo geo uh, uh, graphical. It's geomagnetic. It's it it's it's on all levels. And uh, and you know I'm I'm about to translate that language into Steiner language and start talking about the assault on the etheric because the ether was banned by the U.S. government uh, in science in the 1920s uh, and Einstein had used that word very well before and now he had to stop using it as did other scientists and it is really what we're experiencing now is a tremendous assault on the earth's etheric and on the human etheric uh, and I won't take the time to explain that I do go into it in this book there is some esoterica in this book so that people who hunger for that for another way of looking at all of this materialistic approach to technology to understand that when Paul in the New Testament said we deal not with men but with powers and principalities he was absolutely right we are now dealing with powers and principalities and so we must gird up our loins and be the spiritual species that we truly are Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Alana Freeland. Alana, thank you for joining the show, and I look forward to uh, reconnecting with you. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Alana Freeland and, and, and AlanaFreeland.com. Uh, look, we're going to make way for, um, for Joe right now, and uh, just a wealth, a wealth of information. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, I wanted to get into Qualcomm and we touched, we t I think we touched the surface of a lot of the kind of issues that are prevalent in today and that are of concern. 
Um, I've got Ola Damagard contacting me, and I've got Etienne de la Bote contacting me. And as a matter of fact, I've got a uh, publicist out of L.A. Uh, that had contacted me during all during that call. Very interesting, uh, all during that call. So um, making way for Joe, I'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, Ian Trache for Discussions of Truth.